Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Maddie Gladden Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-aged bourbon is double pot distilled and non-chill filtered and has a full-bodied mouthfeel with eucalyptus, molasses, clove, ginger, and slight citrus as well as grains of paradise. The finish is long and reappearing on the back of the tongue with notes of pepper, tobacco leaf, and mint cream. All of our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick, respect the grain, please enjoy responsibly, and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. There we go. Woo! (laughs) Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Scotchy Bourbon and Boys. Let's introduce our tonight's special victim. I mean guest. Yes, special victim. <laughs> uh, Trip went back. Uh, there we go. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. That's right. We're applauding Trip and we're applauding Xavier or um Tiny's ability. Tiny's ability to pronounce yeah, his how name. How much bourbon have you had already? None. Yeah, that's the problem. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tonight we got Roxy here, myself right. Xavier, uh, myself Xavier. No, <laughs> yeah, and me Tiny. We're just trying to confuse. No, no, yeah, we're trying to. Trying yeah, to. No, no, Xavier just... and myself Tiny. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. We're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Uh, www. Check us out. You can get everything there. Check out the store. You can get Glen Karens, uh, Crystal Glen Karens, and then also T-shirts and. Bourbon balls, so check that Ooh, out, please. So let's just get right right into it with Trip. Uh, he is the pretty much literally the one every show for the you know for for his company, which is well, I bourbon, but it's triple. Right, right. Triple I LLC triple is the I, uh, is right. the company. Yeah, that's my corporation, and I'm. Currently, only doing business as uh, uh, I Bourbon, but uh, eventually we'll add to that. Yeah, it's the it's the hot commodity, right? Mm-hmm. It's the one Damn that right just makes sure to, that you need to go to. Uh, so we we talked a little bit before on the YouTube, but one of the things uh, you know what you're doing is you're blending, correct? That's your yes. You're purchasing. You're going yep. around. Do you taste the barrels before you purchase oh, yeah. them? Oh, good right. God, yeah. I, I, um, 
One of the, the fun things, one of the, the earliest people I got to, to, to know, uh, and obviously this was, I did not pick it a, a great year given COVID. Uh, so I didn't really get to meet almost any of these people. Uh, this was all by, by mail and by, uh, by Zoom and by Google Meet and by telephone, uh, was a, a great sourcer of barrels. And so he, I told him basically what I wanted to do. And he started sending me samples, these little blue apothecary bottles um, full of different things, you know, Florida, Kentucky, from Tennessee, from New York, from, you know, really all over. Um, And uh, I told him what I liked, uh, told him what I didn't like, and uh, really um, landed very heavily on, on a, on a, on an old, about a 13 year old uh, Tennessee uh, bourbon that I really liked and just just really appreciated the heft of it um, and then said, well, if you can find some younger uh, from this same uh, same match bill from the same profile, um, I will uh, create my blend from that because I really wanted to have the there's a bit of cachet, I think, in the business to being able to call it straight bourbon whiskey, uh, which just basically means it's all from the same state. Um, and so, in, you know, so I wanted to call it Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey. And so that's what I did. So I found some younger, uh, younger bourbons, uh, you know, five years old, six years old, uh, younger barrels tasted them. They, they, they married really well. Uh, and we can get into how I set it up, but yeah, this was a, a lot of tasting, a lot of stuff in my uh, kitchen. I uh, bought a bunch of uh, water droppers, uh, bought a, you know, alcohol hygrometer uh, coming up with the proof coming up with the blend. Uh, it's been a real labor of love. So when, how many barrels was the batch? Uh, The the first, the first run, uh, the first run was about 17,000 bottles. So it's, it's probably, I would say, I mean, because you get obviously less yield on the older stuff than the newer stuff. Um, I bought, golly, I probably bought about um, almost a hundred barrels. Okay. So now when, when it was all being blended together. So how did you work the tasting of that? Like when they, when they mixed the barrels and you were putting them in and you were creating that flavor profile, where did, did you, did you go right there? Were, were you with them or did you do that through, they would blend it and then send it to you? No, no, no. I, I created the blend myself. I had the, I identified the 13 year old, the five year old, the six year old, the other uh, years, um, and I, in my kitchen, uh, created what I thought was the ratio, okay. uh, what I thought was the proof. Uh, but one of the fun things I learned was proof is also dependent on the temperature around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't want to tell my, uh, my bottler uh, in Bardstown to go ahead and bottle uh, 17,000 bottles based on what I was assuming was uh, a, the right proof. So I actually employed a chemist uh, and, and they sent me a bunch of different samples, again, in these little apothecary bottles. Um, with, uh, with the blends, with the percentages that I had, but with slightly different, moderately different proofs, moderately different percentages. Uh, and I landed on them. I have a question. Um, and this, there's, I, I'm anxious to hear your answer because I know there's a good one that not being in the industry, I'm just ignorant to it, but you're, you're distilling in Tennessee and bottling in Kentucky. So yes. kind of explain that to us a little bit. Well, I'm sourcing Tennessee barrels. Right. Um, it's one of the, been... one of the, the joys. So, I mean, I would call right. myself more a creator than a distiller. 
uh, when I when I uh, founded the business three years ago, I didn't have you know ten or fifteen years to grow the corn, put it in the sure. you know, and, and fill it and do all that. So um, I I knew I needed to source. Eventually, ultimately, I will want to have my own distillery, but that's years down the road. Right. Um, Could you not bottle in Tennessee? Was it more conducive to bottle in Bardstown, Kentucky? For yeah, I found I found a really great uh, bottler uh, that I really liked uh, in Bardstown. Uh, one of the first or second uh, people that I got to meet, um, and so I, I I wanted to to go with them. There was no there was no you know logic per se that you know oh I needed to to bottle it in Kentucky for it to be. Uh, considered this or that, it was just that I really liked this this contract. Oh, no, no, I, I I get that. I was just looking yeah. at it from um, a management background of the transport cost from source to bottle. Yeah, but I was. I just I really that. liked I really liked the people that I knew there, and so I wanted to use them. And they they're still storing um, some of my extra stuff in in stainless steel, what they call totes, mm-hmm. uh, these mm-hmm. big uh, tubs, because I wanted to stop the aging process for uh, for my next batch. Awesome, neat. Okay, so that that fills in a lot of blanks for me. I can imagine where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so. Okay, I've had it. Okay, so what you talked about it a little bit, but what are the challenges of trying to release a brand during a pandemic? And there's I get that there was a influx of people drinking whiskey. That was one positive aspect of the pandemic. But the other aspect is, is it seems to me it would have been a little, it was a challenge to actually get the word out because normally what, what you can do is it can be served at bars or it can be, you can work with liquor, the distributors, but it was as if, that whole face-to-face and everything, like you said, was turned to Zoom or it was turned to other things, you know, other way. What what was the big challenge that you had? Well, it's, it, it, the challenge remains, unfortunately, um, in terms of uh, brick-and-mortar uh, distribution, getting getting what I'll call audiences with, with uh, states and with distributors um, has remained tricky. Um, the, there are not as many states are even considering new SKUs. Uh, and haven't really in the last year, um, just haven't considered a new bourbon uh, in a very long time uh, because they just, I, I think, uh, I guess the, the logic is we can't get everyone all around the table and taste it at the same time. I don't happen to agree with that logic, but that's what I've been told. Um, I'll, I'll reserve further judgment on that. So, I mean, I think in terms of brick and mortar distribution, it's been tricky. The one nice thing I will say is that everyone who's tried it has bought it. Uh, so I'm currently in brick and mortar in about seven states. I've been selling online um, uh, through my website, uh, which is i-bourbon.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and and selling quite successfully. And that ships to, to over 30 states. So, uh, But the, the challenge of COVID has, uh, was not in existence when I started the business in April of 2019, uh, that uh, I was that spent that next eight, nine, 10 months uh, designing the bottle, sourcing the whiskey, um, all of that stuff. I didn't go into the bottle, as I put it, until December um, of 2020. Uh, so uh, it was, it was, then that was about eight months into the pandemic. Uh, so it, 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 and that definitely also slowed everything down because I had my bottle, which I, again, as I spent many months and a lot of money designing, uh, which hopefully we'll get into because I'm quite proud of it, um, in Slovenia. 
and uh, Slovenia made the glass. And quite frankly, obviously, there were COVID shutdowns. Uh, also, Portugal, uh, who designed a very special uh, cork and stopper closure, uh, which hopefully we'll get into as well. That took that took about three months for them to figure out how to do what I wanted them to do. Um, that obviously had a lot of uh, COVID shutdowns in Western Europe. So that was also everything got delayed, probably, I would say, by about six months in terms of just execution of getting the darn thing into the bottles. Right. And then not to mention the glass shortage that's going on right now. <laughs> well, fortunately, I missed that. Fortunately, I missed that. You, so I never you have I, enough I, bottles right now to do oh, what yeah. you want to do for a while. I never experienced that, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I chose a 900 gram bottle, uh, which is about as heavy as you can get. Um, the idea being it's something that's going to stop people in the aisle. Um, but also, uh, once you're done with it, maybe you use it as a decanter or you use it as a <laughs> flower vase or something. But put a candle uh, in it, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Well, I have a lot of special bottles, and that will just go up on uh, the I have special a bottle. special bottle where I put lights in, and I put it up above my uh, – I wish I could. I'll turn the camera at the end and show you, but it's up on the mantle above my fireplace. So I've got the special bottle. So, well, uh, it, it definitely will catch the eye in the stores once it's there on the shelves because when it arrived at our house and opened it up and set it on the Jeff set it on the kitchen counter, and I came home and I was like, "Wow, that is a kick-ass bottle. Where did that come from?" So, yeah. you know, well, that was the idea. Is <laughs> no, to be honest, Roxy, I, I. I was given the the, the 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 premise at the beginning that, oh, you know, there are about six or 10 standard bottles. Um, and that would have been a lot easier for me to do. Um, I had to pay a lot of money to get a, um, I guess, with, you know, one of these things to, to, to carry it down the assembly line because it has to hold in a specific oh, place. Well, that's I, a piece I can of, imagine. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a piece of equipment I had to, to create because it's a unique shape and so forth. So, I mean, it cost me a lot of money, but my thought was, I don't have millions of dollars to spend on marketing. So why don't I let uh, the bottle uh, be some marketing? That's, because I can oh, tell pretty, you how many. It will definitely do pretty that. Pretty unique yeah. concept. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really want it. Yeah, I mean, I've tried bourbons and other liquors in the past for no other reason than the bottle. And obviously the juice still has to be amazing because you want people to come back to it. But I can't tell you how many things I've just tried because I just thought it looked compelling. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, it took a long yeah. time to ex- execute the vision. Um, the the and, bottle will you know. get you in the door, but the juice will keep you there. Yep. Well, that's the and, and yeah, I mean, there were there were a lot of different ideas that I had um, that I wanted to, to to get. I mean, for example, the, the cork enclosure, stopper closure, I wanted sort of a um, like a, a decanter glass top, but I didn't want to waste all the money of having broken glass. Uh, and I'm one of the first. I, that I'm aware of that has the clear acrylic stopper with a natural cork. And that took about three months for the Portugal people to figure out how to do, because usually there are, I don't know if your folks know this, but there are teeth um, in, in opaque uh, uh, plastic or wood stoppers that, that hold the natural cork in. Right. Um, but when you have something clear, you don't want the messiness of the teeth. Mm-hmm. So they had to figure out how to do the adhesive. Uh, in such a way that it wouldn't show and it wouldn't bubble. So that took a really, really, really long time for them to figure out how to develop. And so I'm very proud of, of this just as an invention in and of itself. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's very unique and I uh, like the eye on the top as well. Yep. Well, no, I mean, the uh, and, and don't forget the 
the debossed eye uh, in the back. back. Yes, yes, there it is. Mm -hmm. Embossed word bourbon on the bottom. So ultimately, when I have a gin, for example, it'll still be in this bottle. It'll just say gin Gin. here, probably a slightly different color graphic, uh, and it'll say gin at the bottom. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm, also proud to announce one of my trademarks back there. Uh, This bottle is one of the few bottles that's been fully trademarked and protected. So Great. The U.S. government said this is this is really unique, and so they agreed with that, oh, which I'm really congratulations. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's huge. Um, it's very rare, according to my trademark attorney, <laughs> to have a bottle yeah. fully protected. Yeah, I mean, like most, uh, what would you say, bourbon bottle styles, they're using uh, styles that have been uh, used in the past, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. you see every once in a while you'll see a unique one Similar, but even like what you take with Woodford Reserve, which is that flat bottle, whatever. But in the past, there's there's been flat. Yeah, there's been the flat bottle, you know, design. So this is definitely a special design that you don't see every day. And I, this style is something you expect to see, like some, uh, I don't know, some Grand Marnier or. Well, it would it'll go good at a high end bar. You know, it it really does grab you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. I mean, you, well, thank you. you light that I mean, go behind and put it there. You know, anywhere in New York, it looks like, you know, the Chrysler building. Well, I mean, it's funny. I, funny uh, you say that. I'm from Manhattan. I'm born and raised in Manhattan. So I, that was definitely a reference not to be too hoity-toity on you, but I, I really love Chinese bronzes, like ancient Chinese bronzes. Yeah. And so one okay. of the things I, I said to my my guys was, you know, this is why it took so damn long, was I uh, I said, I want it to look heavy, but I don't want it to feel too too heavy looking i want it to still have some kind of uh verticality to it i guess mm-hmm. you know because there's some like hill rock which is a beautiful bottle and was a lot of an inspiration to me was that really square squared out bottle and that just looks heavy it's harder to pick up i think one of the thoughts i had was that you also can interlace your fingers kind of nicely on this mm-hmm. but um was that i want but i didn't i wanted it to be heavy and look sort of consequential and heavy but also still have some verticality to it which is what some of the bronzes do Okay. So, I mean, I was literally sending pictures of Chinese bronzes yes. to my, my bottle designer uh, and saying, you know, can you, you kind of get this? Do you see what I mean? And so, I mean, it took it took a long time. And then we developed what I call the shoulders concept uh, with this with this thing and, you know, tapered it a little bit. I mean, it was it was a real labor of love. I mean, this took the longest time um, so of you anything. Got, you got a much deserved trademark on it. Then yeah, that's great. That's good. I, I would say as an artist. I completely uh, understand. I worked in the commercial art industry, creating art for art directors and their visions. And I've worked (laughs) with many different types. (laughs) You know, some you have to work really hard to get it and it's forever. And then there's others who know what they want and you can, but you, but they're not as quite as picky, but it sounded like uh, your bottle designer uh, came came up with a lot of different versions for you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I'm privileged to have worked with him. I mean, he's the guy who did uh, the Willet Pot Still okay. uh, bottle, okay. the iconic one of that. A uh, guy named Jimmy Owens. I'll give him a shout out um, from Liquor Bottles International. Uh, he did the um, the sort of the parchment paper design was the big design on the Buffalo Trace bottle. I mean, the bottle shape is not is not uh, groundbreaking, but that parchment. Uh, that aged parchment label mm-hmm. uh, was one of the things he worked on. But yeah, he's um, he's become a buddy of mine, and we've uh, I think he really uh, dug the bottle too. So I'm I'm very proud to have worked with him. I'll just give him a shout out. All right. 
Yeah, you could even say his name. <laughs> I can pronounce it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's do uh, this one, which we kind of hit, but I bourbon the bourbon for everyone. So that was your concept of what you wanted to do. Explain that to the people, you know, out there, the whiskey drinkers, what bourbon for everyone actually means to you. And I'll start out by saying also a little bit of breaking news within the last 10 days. I've gotten notice that I've been approved for the trademark of bourbon for a bourbon for everyone. So that's uh, it's going through the notice and comment period right now. So it might be objected to, but my lawyer doesn't think it will be. So that that will join those things on the back. Um, but yeah, my, my idea was basically, um, I mean, I personally, I love things that, that feel like you're drinking a campfire, uh, that really punch you in the face. Uh, but I know that that's not for everyone. Um, and I really thought, you know, what is the lane that I could take that I think the market is, is missing. And one of the first people I ever met with was a guy named David Mandel, uh, give him a little shout out who founded the, the Bardstown bourbon company. Uh, when I first met him uh, back in 2009, I was talking to him about something else. That was when he was a liquor consultant here in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, where I am. And uh, and he and I were discussing things. And one of the th- thoughts he left me with was, you know, there could be a young person's bourbon out on the market. Now, I didn't li- literally mean that to to be like, a you know, an 18-year-old bourbon. But what I took it to mean logically was something that that was Sort of there are two there are two people or two ad campaigns that I've sort of seen or presentations for bourbon. It's usually either your great uncle in a 95 degree heat on a veranda with a dusty ceiling fan slightly turning with two two fingers and an ice cube, uh, and you're sitting there with him and sweating. Uh, the old person's bourbon, or there's the ironic hipster in the seersucker suit um, at a Kentucky Derby party. Um, but I thought, you know, what if we could kind of create something that was more universal than that? Uh, and so the, the the profile is really, as I like to describe it, um, it's something that's special enough that a connoisseur will love it and be wanting to drink it neat uh, and sharing it, uh, but accessible enough that if you're not really into bourbon or if you're new to bourbon or whatever, you'd feel very comfortable and not, you know, not not put upon to to throw some ice cubes in it or even mix it. Uh, if needed. So that was the idea of, of a bourbon for everyone. And that's, and, and you mentioned that uh, for young people uh, and honestly, the difference, well, that was just the grain. That no, was the grain. No, no, no but, yeah. but honestly, uh, what myself and most young people do with whiskey is they try and skip the taste and just get fucked up. That's the whole idea of what a young person does with whiskey and then when you start to get older and more, uh, you know, maybe into your 30s, then you might start to try to understand a couple high-end whiskeys, but you're still kind of, and then as you go. so And, and that's where I see this is, is like, for me, I always call myself a blue-collar bourbon drinker. You know, give me Jim Beams, Evan Williams, just whatever's there. But there's that moment where you want to have something that's a little different. What's going to get your eye is this bottle. You're going to look at that first. You're going to read on the bottle and see the the, the embossed uh, uh, letters and whatnot. And you're going to say, you know what? And that's hmm, that's it's not a hundred dollars. It's sixty dollars. Yeah, I'm going to give this a try. This is this is just what I need to have something a little different this weekend. 
And and I, I think I think that that's brilliant, actually. Yeah, and then the young the younger person, what this is is that what this like you said, you like the campfire, the big bold. They usually tend when I give tastings to like my son's twenty three. He just turned twenty three. Every single thing I gave him since he's been twenty one, and I and because he's he's not he likes gin and. But everything, every whiskey I've ever given him is like, all he would say to me is it's, it's, it burns. It just burns. I don't want to, I don't want to taste it. So then I I did a tasting with him with uh, Basil Hayden and he was kind of intrigued and then kind of stepped him up to a knob Creek, you know, and whatever. And so now he, now he kind of understands the, that you're not trying to just slam seven shots and get, you know, messed up. You're basically sipping and enjoying and relaxing and so when i get it i've been you know doing practice uh flights for his friends to see how i can you know get that you know the younger age group attracted to and i'm not talking about under 18 or 21 years old i'm talking about people who want to start to appreciate whiskey and i think that you that is there's not a lot of whiskeys that are in that category you know they're not there there, there's, and that is the lane you're in. And I agree well, with it's what funny. you're saying. I, mean, I, I, I love, I love drinking my whiskey. I, I'm not saying that I don't, I mean, it's not what I would, if, if I, I like the things that pop you in the face, but I know that that's not universal. I think of my, my dad always puts ice cubes in his whiskey. Cause he, 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 he gets a little, uh, and then my mom, if she has a sip of whiskey, will go, ha. Huh. You know, and so I was thinking of I was thinking of people like them, too, yep. who who, mm-hmm. who are kind of boxed out of the market. Um, and one of the things I'm very proud of is that my mom likes drinking my meat uh, and she doesn't think it burns. Uh, and she's not and I don't think she's BSing me. And the same thing yep. with my with my dad is that I very, very consciously created my blend. And I, I went through about nine or 10 of these little bottles coming up with, you know, is this right? And, and what was cool was the chemist didn't tell me what uh, each one was. He just wanted my blind reaction. And what was, I, I told him basically the ratio of, of 13 year old to five to six and so forth that I'd come up with in my kitchen. And I basically wanted it kind of somewhere between, you know, 40 and 47% ABV. Um, and I, and he wouldn't tell me what anything was. And I, what was novel was the, he labeled them by number, by letter. And I actually happened to pick the letter I sample, which was kind of a cool thing, but you know, A, B, C, D, E, F. But what was cool was the one that I tried, I went, you know, damn, this has absolutely no burn. This has a great mouthfeel. And the one prior to it, I said, yeah, it just doesn't have any, doesn't have any mouthfeel, doesn't have any nose. And the difference in those was about one and a half percent ABV. It was the exact same blend, but one and a half percent ABV made all the difference. And when I went up a little bit in alcohol above this, it lost some of the the magic to it, some of the caramel, some of the some of the vibe that I had. But it was just really cool for me as someone who wasn't in the business to see the difference that three proof or one and a half percent ABV really was making in 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 everything. Um, so that was really eye opening and very cool. That's that's excellent. Uh, so, as a blender, and that's you know you're you're everything, but but you're blending and you're coming up and you're um, one of the the one of the what would you say bizarre 
aspects is that when you have the flavor of one barrel and then you have a flavor of the, the other barrel and if you put those together two barrels all of a sudden you get other flavors in it where you absolutely were you ex- that that didn't exist in either barrel which is right what's what's was i i was uh when i went on the barrel a, a barrel pick uh, for knob creek with freddie no he was saying and i asked him that and that was something that he actually said that he loved that kind of a surprise. Like all yeah. of a sudden there was something that wasn't there and he didn't expect. And so then he would just kind of, sometimes it would be annoying because he's trying to hit a flavor profile. So then you'd have to try and take other barrels that you knew were just, you know, that whatever to get that, that out. So he, he said that was an issue, but so what I've noticed and I've, we've kind of, it's been uh, 2018 is when, um, myself and Xavier, and we started to get serious into, into bourbons and scotches and whiskeys. Before that, we were drinkers. We weren't tasters. We would, uh, Evan Williams, you know, Jim Beam, I would buy him some E.H. Uh, e. Taylor. He would buy me some Basil Hayden, and then we would drink scotch. We'd have, you know, we had McClellan 12-year. We had uh, Highland Park, you know, 15. You know, we, we were into everything, but we were just drinking it. So as we got into it, at first, when I first started to really get into this, there the old you know Scotch has been blending for hundreds of years. There, I mean Johnny Walker is a blend; it's been around forever. I mean longer than I think the United States exists. But <laughs> but as far as and then Canadian with what all that you ever hear about the Canadian whiskey aspect is that there are some notoriously good blenders they can blend they understand blending but when i started if you were talking about someone trying to blend some bourbon there was about 50 60 people online to tell you you're full of shit and then it's not bur- you know they, they just would come up with all this stuff about how you can't you know you're mixing the purity of the 13 with this whatever you know and it was just always you know Blending was was completely not and finishing was completely not accepted. And then in the past couple years, it's something that is becoming accepted, but now it's sought. You know, there's a yeah, lot. Well, of people- I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I, you know, my my ultimate preference, you know, as as I was going into this, would have been my the the what I call the backbone of it, the thirteen year old. If you put that at about fifty ABV. That would be what I would say would be what what I always turn to, you know, something really just basically, as I like to call it, drinking a campfire. Right. Um, but 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 I knew that I wanted that as the backbone because I wanted still the connoisseur, the lover of bourbon, the obsessed with bourbon to still reach for mine and go, yeah, this is kick ass. This is great. Um, and because it because it has that as the backbone, because it has some I mean, very few bourbons on the market right now go beyond 10 years. Um, very, very few. Um, and so, you know, the 13 year old is a really old, really rich, uh, bourbon. And so, you know, having that as, as kind of the soul of the bourbon, I think was very important to me because I didn't want something that was, that was sort of a, you know, a weak, you know, mass market. Oh, this is just, this just doesn't burn, you know, enjoy this. I wanted something that still had that meat to it, that heft, that holy cow, that's good um, side to it. And so I needed that. I absolutely needed that. But I also knew that the mass market would not 
would not necessarily be diving for the 13 year old uh, profile. And so I needed to bring, I definitely wanted things that were older than four years. I didn't want something really young and five and six is a really nice, really nice age and really nice expression. Yeah. as far as you don't have young whiskey, I mean, four year old is, is right at the point and you're looking at bottled and bonds. It's now no longer a young, once you reach that four, if you're three and two, you better have a damn good bourbon in that bottle. Otherwise it's going to taste very, um, well, not ready. Well, Tiny, let me tell you something funny that I learned when I first started this thing, when I was creating my bottles and before I had them printed, because this is no, there's no label on this. This is all actually printed on here, which was a big thing for me. That was more expensive, but I thought it looked better, was I discovered that if you have something that's four years or younger, um, you actually have to list age statement. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to list the the, the youngest three, bourbon that's three in there. or two. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I heard some horror stories from some of my consultants where they went, oh, yeah, and then this guy discovered that what he released was had some three and a half or had some four in it. And he had to go back and, and start applicating little stickers on with indications. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the government would have pulled it. So I went, OK, no, I'm I'm starting <laughs> at five years. That's yeah. my yeah. You know, that's my problem. I don't even want to mess because, you know, this is my baby. I mean, this is this is this is my life right now. And I, the idea of 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 messing up what I think is just this great, great bottle with little applique stickers, <laughs> I, you know, I would want to drown myself. A nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would just be so offensive to me in every way. And, and you and you went into why you picked the Tennessee and you and you wanted the Tennessee. Well, it was straight. just the, be- the best flavor. I right. mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, I there's definitely sex appeal to buying Kentucky, um, uh, but but I had to go with what I thought tasted the best, and I was I was. You know, I mean, I, I would have gone with a New York bourbon if I thought it tasted the best. Now, here's a, um, here's a question when you were doing it. Let's let's where you was. Is it an option for you to buy barrels from a Kentucky distillery and a Tennessee distillery and then blend those together? Is that an option or does the distillery itself want to control what's being done? This is the big issue. See that word straight. Right. If I if I combined Kentucky and Tennessee, I couldn't no say straight, straight bourbon whiskey. Okay, it would, it would just be bourbon whiskey. Right. Okay, so the straight and to say straight, it has to be four two, but but it also has to come from one distillery. No, 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 not necessarily one distillery or one, one state. state. Yes. Okay, one state. But so now, the fact that yeah. did you buy so if I, different if I distilleries? Kentucky, is, is uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. But it, it's a varying. It's it's a various various and sundry. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to know what specific ones. I understood. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That you weren't going to be putting that in. That's all. I understand how that works in the industry. <laughs> but if you buy from multiple ones, yeah, you covered that. So okay. Yeah. All right. That's really all right. <laughs> Question. He's got questions. his notes, ladies and gentlemen. He's got oh, his notes. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. Awkward pause, right? Yeah. We'll edit out this Some pause. Some of were, were answered already. Yeah, he, you answered them, so there you go. Um, I talk a lot. I yeah. talk a lot. It's one of my one of my best features. No, that's good. No, it's very, very tiny. tiny. Oh, yeah, yes, we're we're very tiny. I had a lot to say. You said so much. Well, so as Let's far as... drink his bourbon. Well, we yeah, do, I know. But or, we, or Xavier some more, will you? Yeah, yeah. Um, as far Thank as, you. As far as future, <laughs> as future, do you... Um, are you... Do you think you're going to consistently do the same uh, 
this, this, are you looking to do the same blend and keep I bourbon or will you improve it? Oh, this is, this is my, this is my blend for, for what I bourbon will be. Um, I, I mean, there certainly might be, you know, some, I mean, I, obviously we're talking years, years down the road, but uh, because I still need, you know, I need to get into brick and mortar. I need to, you know, proof of concept this. I need to get a whole mess of media. I need to get a whole mess of uh, people loving it. And and quite frankly, when people have tried it, they've loved it. I just, I, I always say I would be having a come to Jesus moment right now if I, uh, if I had been giving it out and people were saying, yeah, you know, a trip, but you know, it's nice, it's good, but you know, it's just not, it's not, it's not something we want or, you know, the presentation's nice, but the juice isn't all that good. I have to tell you, everyone who's tried it has really, really liked it, if not loved it and has bought it. So I'm, I'm really stoked about that. So this is, this is my, this is I bourbon. Now, when I, if I might have, you know, down the road, like a, you know, a special edition that might have more of the 13 or something like that, or something to that effect. But this is, this is the vision for I bourbon. Um, I think ultimately, you know, five years down the road, let maybe or so I, I will have an I gin. I think that's probably going to be my next endeavor, but this will always be uh, the presentation and the, the execution of what I bourbon is. Right. And it's, it, and I, cause, because some of the other blenders kind of get, they get out of flavor profile, consistent yeah. flavor profile by just doing batch after batch. A- a yeah, Barrel, Kentucky- Barrel does that, I think, a lot. Well, Barrel Craft and Kentucky yeah. Owl and also Old Carter are all batches, and from batch to batch, they're different. Very different. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you, but but that's what I, that's what I was trying to get at. So you're going to keep As that long clear. as I can still source it, um, maybe there'll be a product shortage at some point, but I sure hope not. As long as I can still source what I, what I like, um, this, this will be it. This is my, this is my thing. Knowing kind of where you're probably coming from hopefully they they do produce a good amount of some of them do not all of them do right I'll, I'll put it that way okay so um are you and i didn't see it on your web page that's quite okay not everybody does it are you at ever at any point going to publish what the mash bill is it's multiple. It's a. It's it's, it's, it's multiple, a, it's, right? Yeah, it's blends. Yeah. Well, no, it, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a similar mash He's bill. Have it, to have it, a similar it, mash bill to maintain a similar taste. No. Right. It, it's a. It, it's a high corn bourbon. It's it's very low rye uh, and 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 low barley. It's got all three I, of them. I guess in there. the low rye because that's what keeps the. You, you mentioned proof. The other thing that keeps the hug down is the rye yes. content it, or. Well, what was funny was what was funny. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever publish that. I think I might. I mean, I share that certainly with sales reps because it helps them talk about it. But I think that um, one of the things was when I was getting these little bottles, one of my my sourcer guy kind of was hearing a lot from me that I really liked the idea. Again, in my head of what I wanted for bourbon for everyone, I, and I kept talking about I like the sweetness. I like sweeter things for a bourbon for everyone as a concept. And at one point, he just said, I'm going to send you something that's 99.10. So in other words, 99 corn, one rye, zero barley. <laughs> and wow. you tell me what you think about it. Um, and, you know, just as an experiment. I mean, that is the most mm-hmm. bourbon of bourbon of bourbons. Um, that is corn, 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 corn. And it was it was ghastly. Um, so, I mean, I think <laughs> you still need the complexity of of the barley um, and a little bit of the rye. But I still love the the 
the higher corn content in terms. I mean, to me, this really tastes like what I would want a bourbon to taste like. Now, are um, you there's using, some bourbons that are yeah. you using? And, and if this, if the answer to this question is none of your damn business, Xavier, then so be it. But I want to ask you this question: Are you using both a malted and unmalted barley? Uh, it's 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 malted. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you're you, okay. Interesting. You know, I have to say. You talk about not to be cliche, but talk about night and day difference. Okay, last night when we when when Tiny and I tasted this, we got the neck pour, and it was like, eh, you know, it's all right. It's nothing, not horrible, but it wasn't nothing to turn cartwheels in the street about. Now sitting down here drinking this yeah, now, it, it's it's like it's a different bottle of bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic. It's just how bourbon works. Yeah, yeah. It, it has a chance to breathe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. But I mean, it's got and it really does have a better finish now. It has a, a finish mm-hmm. that you can say, okay, yeah, it's not a campfire, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I mean, uh, you know, Roxy Xavier, I'll throw you in there too, Tiny. But you haven't you've been talking most of the time. Um, I, I, <laughs> I will say I will I, I will say the first bourbon that I ever experienced that with I think I was in law school um, was 1792 when it was called Ridgemont Reserve as well um, and that was before it was just 1792 that was I think when Constellation Brands still owned it and it was the first bourbon I ever had where I went you know God you know I this is not good and then once I got out of the neck pour I went oh this is great and so every time now ever since then. Uh, I actually, uh, I let it sit. I let everything sit. I never pour anything that I'm really, really trying yeah, to taste. And, and we, um, we've remarked on different bourbons how... Got to wait at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it, I, that, that, that makes a difference. Sorry, just let me get this mm-hmm. thought out before I forget it. Um, <laughs> it. But that was a very dramatic difference, not just a little bit of a difference. It was yeah. a very dramatic difference. And I felt that that this, way with Richmond Reserve. Yeah, I mean, the, boy, the, oh boy, was that awful the first, the first the next. The, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't call it awful, but it just wasn't anything that like what, you know, yeah. it's, I, it's just there. Whereas this yeah. uh, gets your attention. Well, when you, when you podcast, uh, you go through a lot of bourbon. So you a lot of times open something and you don't revisit it for mm-hmm. four, five, eight months, months yeah. before and uh, larceny. I, early on, I I bought I bought an Larceny and we did a tasting on it, and I wasn't a fan of it. It didn't taste like weeded bourbon to me at all. I mean, it was like harsh. It was mm. lots of ethanol. But we opened that bottle right there on the the tasting, and about eight months later, I was going through all my bourbons and uh, I was uh, documenting them on my phone because I had a you know, a program or, a, you know, an app to put all the, you know, and rate them. Tasting notes, yeah. Yeah, and I went in, and I popped that thing open, and I could not believe <laughs> how unbelievably good it was. It was smooth. It was caramel. There was so much to it, and that's when I kind of – so then I started asking distillers, and they'll kind of yeah. say, it's a real thing, but nobody ever really will, like, verify it, you know, it, that out there, because they want you to drink it – as fast as you possibly can. So, yeah, don't let your bourbon sit around for eight months. But what I've been doing lately is when I buy the stuff, I've been opening it. I'm not even doing it. And then when I finally get to the bourbon, it's yeah. been opened. But that really screwed me at Christmas time because 
normally I'll go to my collection and I have a bunch of unopened bottles and I'm like, oh, this will go, this will be great for him and this will be great for him. Can't re-gift. Yeah, no, you don't, it really sucks well, to give somebody an open bottle of bourbon. And this may, this may be, this may be a weird thing to say, but I, ever since I can remember, I mean, we're talking about going back to when I was eight or nine or 10 years old, it, not, not alcohol, but I've always loved flavors and fragrances. I, I weirdly enough collected uh, those designer imposter men's colognes. I was sort of obsessed with like, wow, how do they get, how do they get that smell? And how do they get that smell? And where does that come from? These all look kind of yellowish white or clear liquid. And this all just smells so damn different. And I've always, obviously the same interest with food and so forth, but um, it's true actually in fragrances too. That's what I'm getting around to mm-hmm. is that if you have like a cologne that you spray on yourself and then you wait, I don't know, a few years and you come back to it, it may not be perceptible if you don't have a great nose. Uh, but if you do have a great nose, it, it often tastes deeper and or tastes smells deeper mm-hmm. and richer. And and you've got kind of more of a nuanced vibe to it. And so it is actually true with really almost any of these alcohol based uh, oily products. Yeah, we uh, my wife uh, uses essential oils in her business. And yeah. when that's basically distilling plant matter, all oh, yeah, it's distilling it's just, and, and, mm-hmm. and it's just unbelievable. I've learned a lot of tastes and smells that whiskey give off by smelling the essential oils because oh, they, yeah. that's the whole tasting kit right there. Yep. You know, and then you taste, you know, and kind of start to understand uh, the distilling process and how they get the flavors, what, where they get what yeast from, where they get the barrel, where they get it from the heads, where they, what they pick up, you know, all the different levels. And there's so many different ways, so many different, uh, and then what, then you mix the barrels together. So you can just get so many different well, flavors and it's just endless amounts of flavors. That's I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the documentary. I think it's on Hulu now. I think I first saw it on Netflix called Some, S-O-M-M. It's about sommeliers. Um, and Some, yeah. uh, one, of the, one of the really interesting comments they made is in order to be good at this job, you have to always be smelling things because so you won't know what a dead rotting violet smells like until you smell a dead rotting violet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in order to kind of have that in your mental portfolio of, Oh yeah, this, this has that, or, you know, river rocks or this tastes like, you know, you always have to be smelling these things. Otherwise you have no, you have no sense of it. You can sort of say, well, yeah, it kind of tastes sort of earthy. What, what you really mean is it tastes like a dead wilted violet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how you know these people can be, if you've never smelled or tasted or whatever, a dead wilted violet, you won't know what it smells like or tastes like. So you always have to be doing that. Yeah. And there's some old fashioned candies that, that we all had when we were growing up that a kid now has no idea, you know, like Biddle honey or you get, you oh, get yeah. a certain flavor and they'd be like, I lost teeth on that. Yeah. Or filling. <laughs> the rock candy we used to get at Christmas time, the hard candy. And sometimes it was mm-hmm. solid. Sometimes it was filled with like a jelly of some sort. Yep. Uh, one My of, dad used to love that. I picked up a. Uh, you remember those strawberry, the strawberry candies, which had the filling in, but they were wrapped in a strawberry wrapper. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. One uh, there was a rum barrel finished uh, bourbon that I was drinking, and it was just that finish was just exactly that candy. It they were like the, the they, they had a cough drop mm-hmm. feel to them, but yep. you'd suck on them a while, and then right. you'd have like that They'll strawberry honey in them. Exactly. Right. They still exist. Yeah, they do. They yeah. still exist. But you know, there's certain. But like you said, you have to be able to know. You know, most so many people talk about Laffy Taffy. So most people know about that. But you know, and I've heard some people say they taste nerds. 
well, yes, ho- hopefully the candy. Yes. Um, yeah, hopefully. yeah, exactly. Going around, <laughs> going around licking the nerds, but uh, yeah, I got you. Revenge of the nerds. All right, he answered that in all of it, so you, we got that covered. So let's get to. Are the, you sticking to a script here, Tiny? We could vibe, you know. We could just vibe. I mean, we are. Well, we're vibing. Just I just right wanted now. to make sure, you know. I wanted to come through for you on this one. I'm ready. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so the bourbon we talked about the proof eighty six. The so so I I like to do this little. Uh, my tasting notes on it. So tonight we're going to do that. And then it's you've got uh, 13, 5, and 6, and 5. So if you were going to put an age statement, you would put 5 on it. Well, if I if I had to, I suppose I would. Yeah, right. yeah that's what you would be putting on. But still, having the 13-year in there. Um, well, there's a lot of 13 in here. So it's, well, yeah, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. You can definitely. That's where It's just not the youngest whiskey in there by far. Right, right. Uh, one, one of the, one of my favorite and our favorite is master blend Evan Williams that comes out of the distillery up in Louisville, you know, the Evan Williams experience and they got the 23 year Evan Williams in there. Plus they've got, they've probably got six different in there, but you could tell the majority of it's not the 23, but on this one, this has a little bit more. You could tell of the. Oh, yeah. Well, again, you know, I, I didn't want to leave out the connoisseur's corner, so to speak, uh, for people who are tasting this. I didn't want it to just be sort of when I say bourbon for everyone, that doesn't mean bourbon for the masses. That doesn't mean bourbon from a fire hose. That just means everyone can appreciate it regardless of your your vibe with bourbon, you know, whether you're obsessed with it or whether you're new to it or whether you you just see it on your friend's bar. So even. uh from this afternoon when we were we were doing the tasting mm-hmm. it's um i think we're at the point where the bourbon has uh you know the the bottle uh the oxygen has oxidated it enough to now the flavors are coming through mm-hmm. because even from this afternoon it's picked up i got a much uh, a much deeper hug than i had been getting absolutely so and then i'm picking up i am picking up a finish I think last night we we whatever it was we were all were not you know it was weren't getting that finish. The but. The, um, the back palate is not as bitter either. I mean it's, it's yeah it, everything yeah. everything is like it's it's like it bloomed. Yeah, w- wonderful. Well, no, thank you. I mean, I that's that's how I taste it. I mean, I you know I'm obviously I'm biased. This is my baby, but everyone who's everyone who's tasted it has has said that it has a long finish. So I would have been surprised if you if you said you didn't feel that. Um, you know, now it may have, you just may have had a, a, a weird night last night or, or just a weird start to the, to, to the bottle, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're getting it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Oak on the back, that little bit of that oakiness is yeah. now longer mm-hmm. right? Yeah. and sweeter. And you have no idea. You have no idea, tiny, that one and a half percent of ABV made all the difference in that. It was oh, startling. Yeah. I remember saying to him like, H sample because ABCD whatever uh, I said no 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 that that just that just had no nose that had no finish that had no nothing and I really liked I I mean that just had all the all the finish and ironically it was I the I sample that I really loved yeah um, and and he said yeah that's just one and a half ABV is the difference in that <laughs> and I'm Jesus so, so really? I, I would describe the finish as more of it's a soft finish so it's not that yes. you don't taste flavors anymore it's just you don't feel your esophagus melting away it doesn't burn and right. that was one of the i 
I would not have released this if it had burnt. And but again, there's I, more I, warmth there than what. Well, the and then, sure, and then but, but as you know, there's a lot of kind of sewers that like the burn. They like the punch. They yeah. like the. I do like too. Some smoke like charcoal. Mrs. Xavier. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Definitely. I do too. <laughs> I just was conscious yeah, and I, of the I knew, fact I knew, that. I knew, and, yeah. I, and I also say there's a certain amount of people that don't that their taste buds are kind of dead, so that yeah. when you do get a spice or whatever, it wakes them up. Whereas yeah. other you know, just kind of whatever, if it's, it's just no, no flavor to them at all. So, I mean, I found what Lou Bryson's uh, book tasting whiskey talks about kind of getting beyond that wall um, where you finally start tasting things and you don't feel the burn and all that. Now I I'm, I'm relieved to tell you, I don't drink enough constantly to be uh, (laughs) eliminating the wall. So I taste nothing but no alcohol. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's really a thing. I mean, it is, I'm, but, I'm but I, pretty much yeah. to the point where I've, with the podcast, I've been tasting enough where the wall's gone pretty much. I'll do a 125 proof and I can, where I can swishle it around like mouthwash, taste it, yep. see what it is, get it through the, you know, you get it through your whole mouth and there's, but I mean, I understand the spice when it hits the back of my throat, but it's not what it used to be where I didn't like it or it was an uncomfortable thing. It's that there's no whiskey I drink anymore. That's uncomfortable. It's more like it just doesn't taste good. That's, that's kind of what the, where the old Forester that I, the 1920 that I put up against this, that just didn't, it just didn't taste good. It just had this off taste. And there's some, there's Unlike some whiskey. The 1910. That, right. There's some whiskeys that just have a, I mean, it's funny. I, um, I brought home, I was in, I was up visiting my family uh, in the New York area and I, and I brought them an Eagle Rare uh, to taste side by side with mine and no, no besmirching Eagle Rare. I, I actually like Eagle Rare a lot, the 10 year old, you know, standard Eagle Rare. Um, and I gave it to them totally blind and they both panicked because they had a real preference and they were afraid to tell me, you know, they were like, you know, God, you know, we don't want to tell them that we really prefer cup a over cup b and i said no no, just tell me honestly i don't you know it's bottled it's done you know this was last summer you know the the baby's in the can (laughs) and uh and they said well we so much prefer this and i said you know what that's mine and they were stunned um because and they were like yeah this one just sort of has like a, a, a a sourness a tannicness to it on the finish and and yours didn't have any of that i was like okay great you know this is cool i mean obviously for them Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I wouldn't but, say, but I mean, I, I no, would say, but I mean, that's the type of bourbon drinker that you're making it for people who don't like the burn people who aren't, you know what I mean? Uh, we did the, we did the blind test after reading about that, you know, mm-hmm. on, the, on yeah. the website That's why we, we did it. and we, we went through and I suck at blind. That's another reason why I, we went to a tasting at the Meatheads uh, union in Worcester, Ohio uh, on Tuesday. They gave us five five glasses in front of us. I thought, I, I mean, I knew all of them. I've drank all of them and I thought I knew what I was doing and it was over fucking five. And it's just like, and I'm like, no way, there's no way. Like for instance, angel envy with the port wine finished. I swore to God, I could taste the port wine on the one. And that was that, that ended up being little book chapter five. I mean, it was just so, um, and, you know, there's a French expression, chacun son goût. In other words, to each one's taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously everything is to someone's taste. I mean, I consider myself a bourbon connoisseur, a bourbon obsessive, and I love my bourbon. 
Um, but I also am super proud of the fact that, that you know, my parents who, who take it either on the rocks or never take it, which is what my mother right. is, yeah. you know, is like, wow, you know, this is really good. And, you know, and then that's just really cool to me. I mean, that's just yeah. a transcendent moment. We should get Xavier's mom taste it. Well, you know, <laughs> well, see, I, 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 I think you should get somebody else's mom. I mean, if I was in the bourbon business, if I was distilling bourbon, I could give my mom carburetor cleaner and because i'm her son <laughs> should tell me it was good yeah, but yeah. so the blind, test he, is to get, to get a non-related mom yeah but no I at the same time like, they talk about spin-off series we should have the mothers of the scotchy <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh what, what would the nicknames that, 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 be? That would be that would be completely. Everybody would be overshadowed by this one's mother right here. Oh god! Okay. Yeah. And there would be <laughs> a Sicilian, fight between so. my mom and oh, yeah. her oh, mom. Oh, there would. So, they, yeah, that, since they've been fighting for thirty-seven years. Yeah, maybe the bourbon would, the would lighten them up. Maybe it would. Yeah, who but knows? I do want to say something about you know after putting this bourbon up against all the others, and Jeff said we were. It was very easy to distinguish after we did that four or five times yours from theirs, which to me is a huge positive because the yeah. nose, very unique, you know, that taste on the front end was very specific. So it, it it's it isn't doesn't just taste like every other sweet bourbon that's out there or every nope. other, you know, right. you know what I mean? There's, exactly. there's there's something that's unique about it that made it stand out. That was easy for me, except for up against the. Basil Hayden, Basil which Hayden. I had a little trouble. Which is another bourbon for everyone. But, yeah, but um, but but again, it you were like, oh, there's that very distinctive aromas that this bourbon has. That you know, the nose is the is a huge strength of, of your bourbon. It is. Uh, um, the nose is really beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful nose. It really is. Caramel, vanilla, yeah. and then we and then did that a little great bit of nut and cashew. I mean, it was not just, too much ethanol, so it doesn't like water your eyes. There's a lot hear. less ethanol today. Yeah, well, that yeah. was a I, super intentional, super intentional choice of mine. I said to you earlier um, in the, I guess when we were first speaking, um, I didn't. I I knew I love things that are over fifty percent ABV, but mm-hmm. that's not my brand. That's not my story. That's not my universe. And so I knew I had to be between, you know, 40 and 46, maybe at the max, because I needed that, that kind of level where people are not going to go, you know, and and I I think I really, yeah. Well, then you, success. The other other thing that I'm getting today that I wasn't getting, and this is a very unsophisticated, very hand to mouth drinking, which that's me, is I think the nose should accurately indicate what you're going to be tasting. I, I don't think the nose should vary from the taste that much. And I know there's no science behind that. That's just my own personal no, preference. It. And yesterday there was a, a pretty significant variance. Today you've closed that gap. I mean, it, it it's well very it, impressive. Even there's no there was no cinnamon yesterday, and right now I'm picking yeah, up there's a little bit cinnamon. of cinnamon yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. I get a lot of cinnamon, yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, but like yesterday there... I can tell you, your bottle design is like Willet, but your bourbon is better than Willet pot still bourbon. So you got that right there. And I, I, I don't dislike Willet pot. There's a lot of people who do, but at the same time, that's that one. The flavor profile is like a oh what when you buy that bottle of Willet pot still 
bourbon, you want it to taste like what your bourbon tastes like, and then it tastes like a, a washed-down version of this. That's the only way I can describe it. There's a certain... It has the nuttiness, the the, the um, cashew, but theirs are more like a hazelnut. And then, you know, there's a... And I that's just based off of, you know, memory, but... But once again, like I said, I'm glad that I I knew we, I wanted to let it sit for at least a day before we were tasting yeah. it with you because I've had bad experiences with just opening the bottle, Cold you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always have to let it sit at least five minutes. I mean, I, 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 I discovered that really early on. Like, it's just it does not taste the same in, in second one or even minute one as it does sometimes 10 minutes in or, or even the next day. Or even Three months later, it's always changing with that oxygen. I mean, it's just yeah. part of the process. There's nothing. Well, don't let mine sit on the table for three months, please. Keep well, buying. Well, did you did it's, you happen to yeah. see what's left of this? And this is I know. When did Can you, you send this to me? So this tell is, your viewers. This is a yeah. bourbon for everybody that's very easy to drink neat. I wouldn't. Yes. Put an, I wouldn't wreck it by <laughs> throwing an ice cube in it, um, or any drops of water. I would just stick to drinking this one. Oh, drinking neat. No, that yeah, arrived to you. Neat. I think that arrived to you uh, two days ago. I think that was like February first or something. Mm-hmm. It arrived or something like that. What? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I it got, got it. here really fast. So yeah, maybe you even, gave it to me maybe Tuesday. Maybe even a day before. We that. opened it last night to taste it, just to see, just to make sure that we had yeah. our ducks in the row. And now it's Thursday, and we're drinking it. So yeah, that's yeah, what so should be happening. There's more on the finish today. Like I told you earlier, upstairs. Like that, you know, fresh baked bread kind of finish. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you can so buy the corn it. really comes shame. out in the finish. Well, let me shamelessly plug. You can buy it at i bourbon.com. Shamelessly plug away. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, no shame. And when we no first shame. were talking, I don't believe you were shipping to Ohio, but you are now shipping to Ohio. Mm-hmm. I know. I think I've always shipped to Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay. I shipped to Ohio when I first came out because one of my uh, my mom grew up in Cincinnati, uh, so she had some she had some folks who wanted to be supportive uh, right there on the Kentucky border. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's 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 going well online, but I obviously need more people to try it. Well, and, yeah. and not that the the bourbon aficionados like you guys wouldn't want to just buy this off the shelf, but if someone said, "Hey, I've never had bourbon, and what should I buy?" This would be a really good choice for yeah uh, and also uh, if a, a starter bourbon so if you're walking well, I, I would i would say a connoisseur will still love it well, I, I said it not that they wouldn't love it i'm just yeah. saying this also this is a great for, great gift bourbon oh very good gift. Bourbon. i think you're gonna have a really good gift giving season mm-hmm. coming up because yeah. one it comes off the bot it, you get it up there and then it's perfect for Let's just say you're trying to buy, buy something for somebody and you want to get them, you know, something. Yep. There you go. Get all excited about the eye. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't see that. No, today. I did. And now I think it's Did super you see cool. the, the picture that I used to promote to, to uh, that we were going to do this tonight? I, the picture I used. Um, you could see the the bourbon with the eye in the background. I was able. Well, to the idea was also that you'd look at it. I mean, my I had this weird thought with with jimmy owens my bottle designer where i wanted people to look at it and, and bourbon is actually written like right the, down the, the middle eye. yeah right down the middle of the debossed eye in the back of the bottle mm-hmm. and then you look at it and if you look down uh the word bourbon is visible through the brown liquid so i mean it was a real it was actually t- totally intentional sort of cool design that i mm-hmm. that right i buy 
thinking like very much also this will be on a bar, you know, with a little backlighting or it'll be on a bar, a, 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 a store shelf and you kind of look into it and see that. I mean, it, I, I love the minimalism of it too. Um, you know, very few bottles of bourbon just say bourbon on the, on the yes. front of them. Yeah. And, you, and you look, you look at it and then you see the eye in the back. I mean, that's the only indicator of the eye other than the top. Yeah. And right. my motto, my, my tag, which I'm also proud to say is, is trademarked is it's yours. Um, and that's written in triplicate around this cork. And that's one of my trademarks back there. But that's really the idea is that when you think of your, what is your bourbon? What is your go-to bourbon? This is I bourbon and it's yours. Yeah, I think you got everything. I'm, I'm trying to trademark my business name. Maybe you have to hook me up with your trademark attorney. So. Damn right. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I've seen it. Since you got so ways. many wonderful things trademarked so easily or so. A bourbon for everyone. It's yours and I bourbon uh, and the bottle. Yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm near to you, midwifery, nurture, educate, and, and eat, nurture, empower, advocate, and respect. You know, as Jesus. my um, acronym for my business. So I wanted to have that trademarked. And... There you go. <laughs> Hopefully your trademark attorney doesn't charge by the letter. You know? Yes. <laughs> no. No. Uh, my question is this. I bourbon. Is there a hyphen there or not? No. Okay. Um, I've seen what it is, mostly what is... no hyphen. I think I saw one page come up with I hyphen bourbon. Well, what's annoying is... Um, if you look at the side, and I talk about my little brand story in a little mm-hmm. uh, paragraph here, it, it has no hyphen at the bottom. What's annoying is, is that someone has been squatting for years, I believe in China, um, on iBourbon without a hyphen.com. And I'm just not interested in in paying someone for squatting. iBourbon. iBourbon, get it. I put the hyphen in um, so, because I had to. Um, but no, the brand name is I, I space bourbon and there will be, you know, I gin, there will be I rum, mm-hmm. there will, you know, all those things, uh, forthcoming, but yes, it is hopefully by then, um, maybe I will have, uh, accumulated enough money that I could drive that guy away. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with the hyphen. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So, uh, is there it's any- annoying what it is, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to, you know, I just thought we'd, uh, did you we could make, you know, lemonade out of lemons? And- did well, you if you Google, it? if you Google iBourbon, you'll find me. It's the first thing that pops up on, on iBourbon. So yeah, you're definitely the, the, the iBourbon, iBourbon website that doesn't actually exist. doesn't even come up at all. No, oh, I know. <laughs> So now that, that was you a, have it and you're not using it, you might after a while be able to get it from them for a lot less because you'll realize you'll never get anything. Damn right. Well, now that I have, it's one of the cool things of trademark. I, I The only uh, patent and trademark or intellectual property law I ever studied was for the bar exam. You had to know some minimal amount of it. And so I learned the minimal amount I had to know. But um, I had to hire a trademark attorney because I didn't know what I didn't know. And one of the cool things is now that I have I bourbon. Um, I naturally can have I gin. Nobody else could have I gin. Nobody else could have I rye. Nobody else could have I rum. And uh, same thing with a bourbon for everyone. Nobody else can have a gin for everyone, a scotch for everyone. All right, that right. So that's one of the cool things is that there is that kind of uh, confusing trademark thing. So once you own that base level, you you kind of get all the other ones. That's just a little bit of inside baseball for you. Yeah, excellent. 
So anything else you want to add that we didn't ask you? I mean, promote the hell out of it, will you? Of course. Of <laughs> course, I will, for sure. Oh, the one thing I want to say is I have a lot of listeners in Wisconsin, and that is one place that you are on Absolutely. the shelf. Oh, so here. all the Wisconsin listeners, you can go out and get this, and uh, I'll throw out Steve Pitzer as one person that should go out and get one of these bottles. He's yeah. one of my good friends, and uh, I'll mention him by name here. Call him out because he likes, he loves bourbon. He's always asking me what to get. So there's one right on the podcast that you can get. <laughs> they were one of the, they were one of my earliest, uh, adopters, uh, Georgia and Wisconsin, uh, were two of the earliest, uh, adopters. So I'm, I'm very pleased to be in Wisconsin. They are the, they are not the sixth most populous state, but they are the sixth highest consumption by volume. <laughs> yes. I, I grew up there. You go. Yep. One hundred percent true. It was one yeah. of the greatest statistics I ever learned was that they consume by volume, not per capita, but by liquid wow. volume, the six mm-hmm. most alcohol, and most of it actually is American brandy, which I find interesting. I, um, they they drink everything there. Yeah, we they, drink beer. We drank brandy. Well, I want. I let's get some damn Wisconsin folks to buy my bourbon. I, I like. <laughs> there you go. We can. Let's get some cheeseheads. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're probably drinking more bourbon after that Packer game. So yeah. that definitely. Drowning their sorrows. They, no, they're just looking for some happiness. Yeah. <laughs> well, have mine. It'll make you happy. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm having it. I'm happy. Look at it. Look, look, look at look. Come on, audience. Look at, look at Tiny's bottle. That was, that's in uh, a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, honestly, this, I gave this, I ran this through a rigorous, uh, exercise and i've never pushed a bourbon like we pushed your bourbon right i was gonna say am i being enough of a whore right (laughs) (laughs) hey it's you're on here to push what what you love and that's why my baby this is my life for 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 forever now this Mm -hmm. has been my my job my only job for the last three years so i really want people to try it because i i can't tell you it's so satisfying when people try it; they love it, and I'm just I'm so relieved. Well, that that's a good thing. I mean, I, I obviously you understand you can't please everybody, but right. you just got to please a majority of people. And and when it comes to alcohol, usually that's a it's a tricky thing, you know. But because, it's a weird lane. It's mm-hmm. a very weird lane because I I I didn't want to just release a small bat, you know, a small, you know, 17,000 bottle run bourbon. I had to create a lane. And so I had to be very conscious of when I created the brand and the created the like the the, the the blending. I mean, I consider myself a creator, not a blender per se. I had to have a lane. And my lane I think I succeeded in was the bourbon for everyone or mm-hmm. it's yours. Because I, I, I think I really threaded the needle with the 13-year-olds, with the fives, with the sixes, with the others Wow! Um, to, to get that kind of a lane. Because otherwise, you're just a bourbon on a shelf, Great. you know, yeah. and there really has to be something that, that, that makes it, well, I was about to say that makes it yours, uh, but it's yours. That's my tagline. So yeah. thank you. There you go. Yeah, and it will stand out. That's for sure. Yeah, you. I. Yeah, you're going in. You're in the right direction. I think the market's there. I think uh, as we go forward, I think that it's going to be it's going to be successful. I do. Oh well, I, I. I'd be again. I'd be having a very very tough conversation with myself if people weren't liking it. But everyone who's tried it has loved it. So I'm. I'm pretty stoked, and I hope your your audience will give it a, a shot. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, two shots, perhaps. 
Yeah, th- yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, this is kind of what uh, with the Scotchy Bourbon Boys we're we're not as m- mainstream. We have a lot more people who are looking for beginning uh, startups, uh, craft distilleries. Mm-hmm. We have that, but we do have some mainstream, and we you know we cover it. But overall, I think uh, we should be able to uh, do some promoting, yeah. and I'll just keep promoting it mm-hmm. uh, going down the line. Yeah, we like to go out and find unique things. Now, you're, where do, where do you actually reside? I'm in Arlington, Virginia, in, Virginia. in my, my beautiful yeah. condominium apartment that you're uh, seeing uh, my, yeah. my little my study office yes. in. Do you, you you got some bad weather too, right? Off this storm? Just Not this one. Know. No, we just got a whole mess of rain. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. about fifty degrees, so there was none of the snow. We just it's just been raining all day. Yeah, we we started out with rain and it was supposed to snow, but it was so war- the warmth was so much that. As it hit, the, it was 28 degrees and raining most of the day because it was still warm in the upper atmosphere. It was oh, taking right. a while yeah. for that to go up and then mm-hmm. turn to snow. So well, even it, though it was it freezing rain. It rained ice balls for a while, little tiny ice balls. Yeah, yeah, shoveling this is really weird. It's like shoveling, like, plastic Gravel. balls. Like, 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 I, like, I mean, they're so small. It's just like you're moving. Dipping yeah. dots? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dipping dots. That's exactly. it. And it just slides out of the shovel, you know. <laughs> It's really weird. All right. Yep. So thank you very much. Yes, thank uh, yes, you. Thanks, thanks for your guys. time. And, uh, and we're congratulations. Gonna... And thank you. I-bourbon.com, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take us out. Remember, everybody, www.scotchybourbonboys.com. We are on all major podcast formats. Uh, just remember, if you're listening on whatever podcast format you are listening on, to give us... Uh, subscribe, a like, and also leave positive feedback. It helps out a lot. Also, we are on Facebook group. Uh, we have a meeting coming up tomorrow night here in Canton, Ohio, uh, North Canton at the Barrel Room. Anybody listening to this and tomorrow, just stop by, say hi. Uh, we are going to be tasting three Old Forester from the line 1910, 1920, and 1897, and that will be uh Three pours for $10. So stop by there. Nice. Oh, we are on Instagram. We are on Twitter, uh, at Scotchy The, the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. And then also right here on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So remember, everybody, good bourbon equals good friends and good times. And make sure you go out there and live dangerously. Take us out, little steve Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Dancing model. Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask one. Oh, don't ask one. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask one. I tell you we must die I tell you we must die I tell you, I tell you I tell you we must die
Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.